In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. As we turn to our Lord present before us, let us tell him in the silence of our hearts, Jesus, I want to set my other thoughts and concerns aside. Right now, it's just you. No other problems need to be solved. No other concerns need to be resolved. The things that I was working on today can wait. The things that await me tomorrow will arrive in due time. Right now, it's okay to just be with you. And as the incense rises before your presence, so too my prayers, my desires, my hopes rise before you. And gathering ourselves and focusing our hearts and our minds before the Jesus who contemplates us in the Blessed Sacrament, let's let Scripture guide our attention, our imagination, so that our heart can follow. We read in the Gospel, Now in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate there is a pool which has five porticos. In these lay many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. In this encounter, between Jesus and this paralyzed man. We need to understand more deeply why Jesus asks him what he does. Do you want to be made well? Jesus asks about his desire because he knows that he's been there for 38 years. That's longer than most of you have been alive. It's a long time. And perhaps at the very beginning, perhaps the first weeks that he was there, he did want to be healed. He thought it was possible. But he met with challenges. He met with difficulties. And little by little, he began to become used to being paralyzed while, yes, in principle, trying to be healed. I suggest that we see in this poor man 
an image, an icon of a half-hearted conversion. He's a prisoner to the paralysis that prevents him from freely enjoying life. And he's right next to what he believes can heal him. But he has excuses and reasons for why it doesn't actually do so. He's so close, and yet he's so far. What about you and me? There he is. It's, we could truly say he couldn't be closer. Lord, help me to see ways in which I may be a little bit like that paralyzed man. Close to you, nearby, but still not with that union that heals, that forgives, that gives life and transforms. Perhaps, Lord, in the depths of my heart, I need to ask and to hear you say to me, do you want to be healed? Because without being too judgmental on this poor paralyzed man, but this, this phenomenon of, of knowing where we can be healed but still staying stuck in our sinful habits and our insecurities, our fears, and our resentments. Maybe we need to realize that even though there's a lack of freedom in that situation, even though it actually makes us suffer, Strangely enough, there's a kind of safety in it. Maybe it's the case that we develop a kind of Stockholm Syndrome with our sinfulness. Yes, it hurts. Yes, it makes us suffer. But at least I know what it's like. At least I know what it involves. I know how to live and to work with it. There's a strange comfort in remaining the paralyzed person that I am, instead of venturing to become the person that he is calling me to become. Lord, right now from the Blessed Sacrament, you are contemplating each one of us with loving, understanding eyes, with challenging eyes inviting us to say, do not be content with the paralysis of a spiritual mediocrity. I have created you and I have called you to be united to me. We desire that, but why is it that we get tripped up? Why is it that we feel that and experience the time and time again we fall into those bad habits, indeed, we fall into sin. And that experience can sometimes be confusing, even discouraging. Discouraging because it makes us think, well, maybe, maybe I don't really want to. But maybe we need to remind ourselves of those words of St. Paul who in his letter to the Romans 
talks about his own striving with this conflict. I do not understand my own actions, he says, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind. This conflict, in some shape or form, is something that we all experience. And what we need to understand is that it should not be for us a source of discouragement. On the contrary, by accepting it in humility and saying, Lord, this is the state that I am and it is not an obstacle to coming closer to you, we renew ourselves in hope. The paralyzed man by the side of the pool was so close to what could heal him. You and I are just as close. Yes, I feel my weaknesses. Yes, there are things that I am perhaps even ashamed of, that I want to ask forgiveness for. Fine and good, then let's ask. Let's turn to him. There are some very encouraging words in the Old Testament. God speaking to his people through his prophet Moses. And this is what he tells them, and he tells it to us as well. Surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. Lord, what you said in the Old Testament has become an unbelievable reality in the new, in the person of your Son. He is not far away. We don't have to cross the sea. We don't have to go to the desert. We don't have to travel to a foreign land. There he is. Even more amazing, every Sunday, and during the week, if we want, this prophecy of Moses becomes a reality to you in us in an extraordinary way. The word is very near to you. It is in your mouth, and it is in your heart for you to observe. When we receive the Eucharist, these prophetic words of Scripture take on a very powerful reality. He is very near to us so that we might say yes. So that whatever there might be in our life that separates us from him, 
that distances us from him, whatever paralysis we might be experiencing, he comes close. Just as he came close to this paralyzed man. And if we turn back to that gospel scene, we need to marvel and give thanks for the way in which Jesus looks at that man. When he came to the pool, surely there were many other, and and the gospel tells us, there were other sick and lame people around. But this person is the one that Jesus focused on. He turns his attention to him, probably because he knew that he had been there for 38 years, stuck. That needs to be very encouraging for you and for me, precisely when we think about those parts of our lives that we ourselves get fed up with. Because sometimes we do get fed up with ourselves. But what is the risk? The risk is that we think that God is fed up with us, and he's not. He comes to us, he approaches us, with determination, with humility, and simply ask us to desire. Do you want to be healed? And this is where we need to consider how our wanting, our desire, needs to be transformed into decision. That we be decided to come closer to him. And it's up to each one of us in the intimacy of our own soul and our own conscience to understand what that decision involves. Right now in our prayer, right now before Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, we need to be moved. Moved to believe in the love that he has for us and that that belief unparalyze us. Lord, we ask you for a repetition of the miracle that you performed for this man. And that miracle was very simple. He turned to this paralyzed man and said, stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well, and he took up his mat and began to walk. Jesus' miracle was very quick and precise, and it was a miracle to allow him to get about living his life. When we encounter Jesus in the sacrament of reconciliation, when we make that decision because we have come to believe in the love that he has for us, that miracle literally repeats itself. He tells us to stand up and walk so that we might live. But not just go through the motions of life, living on the surface, reacting to the expectations of others, being pulled here and there by our worries, our fears, and our desires, but to live with passion, with love, with purpose, and with meaning. That is the life he wants to free us for. Lord, as we continue turning to you in adoration, 
is there is this time where the sacrament of reconciliation is available. This time where we are able to worship you in the silence of our hearts and together, help us to stand, help us to walk, help us to believe that you are closer than we could ever imagine and that you eagerly desire for us to experience the peace and the joy of living life close to you. You're just waiting for us to want it, for that wanting to become decision, and for that decision to lead us to walk step by step towards him and with him.